People have so many different interpretations of what describes the perfect love life. It can be hard to talk about how we feel. Until now, welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl, featuring host and relationship expert Cheryl Besner. Cheryl's kind of like your BFF, easy to talk to and frankly honest. Whether it's about love and relationships, sex and desires, she's here along with some great experts. Now, here's Cheryl Besner. Hi, everybody. I'm Cheryl, the host of Pillow Talk with Cheryl and your relationship coach and communication expert. And today we have another great show. You know, it's all about intimate conversations about life, love, and lust. And today's topic actually is a doozer because it is about the fantasy model of sex. And what exactly is the fantasy and what is really a myth what is fact and how do we decipher the difference between fantasy and reality and how do we make some of our realities become fantasy and fantasies become reality this is going to be a great topic and my guests will be joining me just after this break in the meantime as always remember you can follow me on facebook Twitter, and Instagram, or go straight to my website, CherylBesner.com, and that's where you can send me your questions. And every week, I answer a question that gets sent in to me, and I want to get right to that right now, because that's what this show is about. It's about sharing experiences, sharing thoughts, sharing information, and sharing amongst each other so we can learn from each other and grow. So let me get right to it. it this is came in, um, actually, this came in through... Instagram. So it's important that you know you can reach me on all these different things. Also on my 800 number, 844-744-SOLO. So somebody wrote in and said this, I have an issue with my wife about money. I am the sole provider, but she seems to have unrealistic expectations about what I can afford and is always trying to keep up with her friends. We only fight about money, but it seems constant. What can I do? And he signed it stranded so here's the thing i actually put this out on facebook and later on in the show i'm going to reveal to you what you the public wrote into me as the number one thing people fight about that was my question this week and 99.9 percent of the people wrote in saying money was the number one thing people fight over. And then there was kids and everything else and there and, and were other aspects of those two combined, actually. And I'm going to share that with you later. But I want to address it right now as far as this question. And really, this is something for you to think about. Communication is everything. And while your significant other might not be comfortable or might not be agreeing with you or might be making you feel stressed, Totally understandable if you're feeling those things, but maybe it's also because you're not communicating together and you're not sharing all the information. So I know I've been there by, um, on my own, and I know that in this day and age when people are combining families and blending families, the one thing you sit down and discuss in advance before going into it is where are your finances? What can you afford? You share these things. You should be open and honest with your partner. And numbers don't lie. So my question to you is, have you actually shared with your partner, with your wife, 
how much you make, what is coming in, so that she knows where you stand. Put it down on paper and then together decide how you're going to spend your money. You are the sole provider, but guess what? It's everybody's lifestyle here. It's everybody's money. Otherwise, she's not part of it. So there'll be resentment. Bring her into your world. Sit down. Say, honey, let's look at this together. This is everything we have. It's what I earn, but it's what we have. How do we divide it up? How do you want to spend it? Do you want to spend it on vacations? Or do you want to spend it on clothing? Or do you want to spend it on the kids? A car? Decide these things together. Because what might be happening is the resentment that she's not involved in this process and thus feeling that you're the provider and she has to take only what you want to give. So communication, 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 sharing, 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 and together you will find the way. If you need any other help, 844-744-SOLO, please reach out to me. This is what I love to do is share the things that I've learned through my life, through coaching, and uh, through people like my guests who come on to this show. And as always, this show starts off with a very special guest each week where we do together wise whispers from down under with our very young Dr. Philip Morphew, the author of Soulful Reflections. Philip, here we are. Hi, Cheryl. Hello, guests, and hello, listeners. What a great cracker of a topic this morning. You know, I'm, I know. It's, it's like love and fighting and, and, and fantasy. I mean, it, you know what? If you combine all of them, it, it, it's quite a, a muesli of a relationship. But, uh, you know, the, the fighting and, uh, you know, a lot of people, and I found in my life, my own life, and, and that with all the people I've worked with and coach as well, is that people, don't communicate well on this stuff. I mean, it's like, and the other thing is the level of appreciation. Sometimes the, the main breadwinner, whether it be a male or female, but the main breadwinner um, sometimes doesn't appreciate what their partner's doing or what it, the partner's doing. In my case, I'm the sole breadwinner. Maria has a small online an online business, but I bring in the vast majority of the money. And there was a time I didn't quite appreciate all the effort that Maria was doing with our family and our children and, and what it takes to keep the home going and, and all of that um, until she said one day uh, she was going away and she went away for a few days to teach me a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> and was the lesson learned? <laughs> Sorry, I came home, the kids were little... <clears throat> and I was stepping over things and there was clothes that was unfolded and all something. I said, so what have you done today? And, um, and something triggered in her and, and where she realised I wasn't quite appreciating what she was doing. So she went away for a few days and left me and being an organiser said, uh, said, oh, I can organise this. And I thought it was right. I had a little list of things that I was doing and it was a nightmare. Right. I had great appreciation of what she was doing. So then when it comes to money, the other thing is that communication of to say whatever it takes for us to earn that. But the cost of living and running a home, the cost, the basic costs is, you know, you might earn that much, but that much might be the cost of running the basics of life or running the family. So you might only have that much. 
you know, you, you're, you're talking about all the different fundamentals of it. And the fact is this, and, and these are exercises, by the way, I always share, you know, labor of love techniques and I have one for this show this week, but here's another thing that you can do that this is an add on when it comes to finance is people don't realize how much they actually spend on the little things, you know, oh, you yeah, sit down totally. with your partner and you have these budgets, but you don't realize sometimes that you've gone out for lunch three times this week and the coffees, like when you're going to Starbucks every day and you're spending $5, $6 on a coffee, you don't necessarily put that into the budget or, or couples don't necessarily, you know, itemize it down to it. It's more like I'll take, you know, a hundred dollars a week for, for pocket money or whatever, but these are really important. And here's what I've noticed in my own life and through my practice and my coaching. And when I say my own life, I mean past and present. This is something for the listeners to think about is when you're young, you sometimes you're getting married and you each have a career and you say, okay, we can afford to, you know, spend this on rent and, and you're bringing different things into it. But you don't think about all the other ramifications once there's children, once, you know, because you're, you're, you're in the growth stage. But what happens, and this is where I think there's less arguing over money, and this is a very important part of it is when you have the two gen, like two older people, more mature people, remarrying or moving in together and blending something, and they already each have their nest egg. They already possibly have their RSPs. They, they already have certain things and, and whatever career they're in. They tend to talk about how they're going to live and spend their money a lot more detailed than we do and I know from my own experience, I didn't have the same conversations when I first got married than what I would enter into now and, and how you really, because you know from experience that you need to have these conversations because mm-hmm. I learned that I had these fights before. And, sure, and sure. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, and I was sure. going to say, and that's where, where the communication is better off as we get older with new relationships. So if we could all learn to do it before, no matter what age or stage you're at, it would be great. And get those conversations. And, and those conversations, especially in the older uh, or the, the people going into relationships for the second or third time, is, is, is a key word that goes around, where is my trust? Right. I mean, I might love that person, but do I actually really trust them? Or and especially if you've had a bad experience where you've either been cleaned out or, or you've been ripped off, Right. And you go, at the back of the mind, I'm not going to have that happen again. So simmering under some of these conversations is that, do I really trust what the words that are coming out? Do I trust? And my advice to listeners is make sure you look in the eyes and listen to your gut because that's going to tell you every time. And then if, it's, if your alarm bells are going off, please just ask better questions. Uh, well, there, you've got it. Don't be afraid to ask those questions, right? Yeah, yeah questions, are, questions are like the most important part of communication. And don't be afraid to ask the questions because you might not like the answers because that's yeah. what a lot of people shy away from too is especially, you know, when, you know, you're young and you're in love, you don't want to sometimes ask questions because you don't want to rock the boat. You want to make sure that you walk down that aisle and, and you, you have that happily yeah. ever after opportunity 
That's where the fantasy comes in, Cheryl. <laughs> There's the uh, fantasy yeah, model of sex. Exactly. Yeah. But as we get older and, and, and we do learn to protect ourselves and, and it's not, and, and I want to throw it out there. This does not mean you don't love the person. It actually means you really do want the relationship to work and you're not afraid to have these conversations now so that the relationship works well when you're together. Make sure you're on the same page on this stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's important. It's no different to having, having children. If you've got good boundaries and good expectations, you know how to play the game. Right. And the, unfortunately, the, the fantasy of relationship sometimes is, I don't really want to push that boundary because what impact is it going to have on a relationship? And my advice is, if you don't push it, push. your relationship is going to be um, shite anyway. So that's, that leads into my quote of the week. And my quote is this, and you know, I, I take time to write these quotes out and think of them because they're true to heart. Don't listen to the voice in your head. Live from the intuition that flows through your body. And there you have it. Philip, as always, got to say thank you to you. Whispers, wise whispers from down under. And don't forget, everybody, soulful reflections. See you next week, Philip. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye. And everybody stay tuned. Dr. Sarah Fishman is going to be joining me. It is the fantasy model of sex coming up. Don't forget, stay tuned to the end of the show. Life, the Sexy Lifestyle Network has a special contest and promo just for you. Stay tuned for my love techniques that are coming up, something to help you as you try and manifest different things in your life. Always here for you. Don't go away. Cheryl on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Listen, learn, and live sexy. to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. 
Now, back to Pillow Talk. We are back with Pillow Talk with Cheryl. That's me, your relationship coach and the host of the show every week. And as you know, this show is all about communication. It's about your love life. It's about how we feel about life. It's about improving ourselves and our life if that's what we choose. And it's about exploring and communicating. And today we are talking about the fantasy model of sex. And I've invited a very special guest onto the show because this is her specialty. I mean, she she specializes in a lot of things because Dr. Sarah Fishman is a clinical psychologist. She's an expert in treating sexual and couple difficulties as well as anxiety, depression, self-esteem. And she deals a lot with the fantasy model of sex and how we perceive that part of ourselves and that part of our lives. And here to help demystify that is Dr. Sarah Fishman. Welcome to the show, doctor. Thanks so much for having me, Cheryl. It's so nice to be here. It's great. So, you know, this is a really interesting topic because I think a lot of people do have this fantasy about what love and sex and relationships should look like. So can you touch a little bit on that for us right now. What is that fantasy model? Definitely. So I think, you know, when we talk about this fantasy model, it's the set of unrealistic expectations or beliefs that both men and women have when it comes to their bodies, their sexual organs, their sexuality, what bodies look like, how they function, how people relate to each other, how people love each other and how people have sex with each other, and especially when it comes to sexual performance. And those ideas, those beliefs, those um, unrealistic expectations, let's say, I think can lead to so much frustration, so much unmet expectations, so much disappointment that's really not based in any sense of reality. And not one of those things that you mentioned is anything positive to add to our life. They're all on the negative side. So what do you think attributes the most? Like I actually threw this question out because I, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook and Instagram with the listeners and, and with people who follow what I do. And I ask them, what do they think contributes to this fantasy? And most of them said, you know, the media And the expectations of this perfection that is put out there in movies and and everything that we see in magazines. Absolutely. I think that's such a fascinating answer that they've given. And it's amazing that they've picked up on this because sometimes people don't even realize where they get the messages from. They just come in with these expectations, these beliefs, and they can't really pinpoint where those come from. And when you really look at it, it's all based in the media. And in fact, if you want to take it even earlier, it's really based in how boys and girls are raised. You know, from a very early age, boys are taught about what not to do with their erections, right? And what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing from a very early age. You hear schools kind of talking about how do we address this, you know, very natural developmental milestones. But how do you talk about it? And what do you do about it. And very early on, boys get this message that their identity, who they are, is linked with their sexual organ. Right. Right. And that just continues throughout develop, development. So, so, where, so when wait, you're, go, finish that. Sorry. 
to the point where even if you look at today, if you look at, you know, romantic novels, if you look at erotica, if you look at popular, popular literature, oftentimes the sentences that you read have to do with, you know, um, especially in erotica, you, you, you read, you know, and she grabbed him. Mm. Right. And him being referring to what? Right. You know. So I, I wanted to ask a question because you, you mentioned it before and about, you know, very young boys, for instance. And we're going we're gonna to look at the boys for a second. And what is it, for instance, that parents can do? Because I do think you're right. I think that a lot of parents will say, don't do that, rather than, you know what, that's a very private thing. You should do that, you, you know, jerk off whatever it is that they're doing in private. You know, the Absolutely. masturbation is something not to be said. Don't do it. It's do it in private. That's so first of all, you picked up on the most important part of this entire conversation is that parents yep. should be talking about it. Right? <laughs> That's why I wanted to stop there. I, when I interrupted you before, it was because I wanted to stick on that one. And so I think so let's go. the most important part of this entire idea is that we're not leaving it to the schools. You know, with all of what's happening in terms of sexual education in the schools and everything, the biggest message that's being left out of the conversation is, wait, it doesn't begin and end with the school. It begins and ends with the home and what parents and families are talking about and to what extent parents are able to speak to their boys and say, hey, you know, I'm sure that feels great and it should feel great, but maybe that's best left for when it's just you. Right. You know, and... By doing that, really, the research has consistently showed that by parents, no matter how awkward they might feel, no matter how much they might dread having this conversation, no matter how much they might argue about who's going to have the conversation, the parents who have the conversations teach their kids that no matter what, you can talk to me. Right. I might be so awkward and uncomfortable talking to you about this, but the fact that I am is giving you the message that at any point throughout your life, you can come to me if there's something. And it happens because I, I know that I was speaking with somebody. And I know, listen, I, I have three children. And my youngest child, for instance, grew up in a very adult household. So the conversations, I remember going to his nursery school parent-teacher. And they said, you know, sometimes Ryan is talking about things like French kissing and things. Where is he getting this from? And I'm like, well, he has, you know... 12 and 13, 14, 15 year old siblings. So yes, we do talk about it. Things come up at the table and we're not shy to talk about it. And I guess it's a matter of saying, well, you know what, Ryan, that's not appropriate in the school classroom to be talking like that, but we're not going to stop talking about it. But I do know that um, I've dealt with different uh, families and, and different couples who have said, okay, I don't know how to deal with my daughter or my son. I read to them bedtime stories and then they start to play with themselves. And I'm like, well, that's normal, especially if you're a father sitting beside your daughter in close proximity. That is a well, very a likely thing. thing. It depends at what age, but a lot of these things are most are mostly, especially at young age, self-soothing techniques. Right. Right. So, And that's what it is. It's self-soothing, but it can all still, still be handled by Absolutely. the parent explaining Absolutely. to the child. Absolutely. Right, the I difference it starts there. You know that fantasy model starts early, starts young, when boys are kind of told, "Okay, what are we going to do about your erections? You know, what are we going to do about the fact that it's visible? What are we going to do about this?" So they start to associate their sexual organ with their identity, right? With their personhood, you know. And it's not surprising then when you see them, you know, into adulthood and they come in and. If things aren't working 100% of the time, the way they want it to work, the way that they expect it to work, then something's wrong with them as a person, 
mm-hmm. right? As opposed to if, you know, you've got a cramp in your leg constantly, there's nothing wrong with you, right? right. It's, it's your leg that's just having a cramp. But when it comes to a sexual organ, especially for a man, they learn very early on that their sexual organ is part of their identity. And so when things perhaps don't meet up with their expectations that they get from the media, from movies, from erotica, from porn, then it becomes very much a part of something's wrong with me. And especially in this day and age, you know, there's so much out there for people to go to the internet and find out different ways in which we can communicate with our children. And children, if they're, they know that they can ask the question. I remember, you know, when I was very, very young, <laughs> I actually do remember. I'm going to share this with everybody because this is a sharing show, okay? <laughs> and these are where the intimate conversations start. I remember I was probably around 10 years old maybe a little younger, and I was all of a sudden running to school because I, I missed the bus, and I started to feel a tingle between my legs, and I didn't know what that was, and it, it was, at least, I don't think it was a full out, but I think it was definitely the start of an orgasm, and I was like, what's happening to my body? You know, so in those days, you didn't go to your parents and say, okay, I had this really weird feeling between my legs. But I I came to realize that every time I ran, I got it. And then the more I got it, the more it kind of felt good. For sure. (laughs) So how do we have these conversations or tell our children it's okay to have these, these open communications? How do we lead into it? You know what? There's something called teachable moments. And these are everywhere. You're walking with your child in a shopping mall and you see a similarly aged teenage couple holding hands in front of you walking and you turn around to your daughter and your son, you say, hey, what do you think of that? You know, lyrics, music, oh my, I mean, music is full of <laughs> messages, right? A little too much these days for some so you're, certain ages. You're in the car with your 13-year-old teen and, you know, Drake comes on or Beyonce comes on and those lyrics are explicit, you don't turn it off. So many parents come up to me and say, I I, I shut it off. I just shut it off. And I say to them, well, don't you think they're hearing it elsewhere? And you're missing your opportunity to be the voice, the the smart voice in their head that tells them really the way it is rather than the fantasy. Yeah. Or the missing that music. Yeah. You put the volume louder. You go back and listen to those lyrics you speak them out and then you say to your teen, what did you think of that? Mm-hmm. That's a teachable moment. Movies, TV, music, it's everywhere. And it's very interesting because, you know, there are so many songs that have a lyric that has a dumbbell on tongue then, and it really means something else. And parents, I, I want to say this to you right now. If you think your kids no matter how young they are, aren't getting that message. Absolutely. You're wrong. They're getting it. So don't say, oh, I don't have to deal with it. No, actually, you do. (laughs) You got to deal with it. I agree with you more. We're going to keep talking about this because I think it's such an important thing. We've talked about children coming up. We're going to talk more about you and uh, adults and where we take our cues from and how we can really use reality to embrace this fantasy model of sex and bring it into our world and have these talks. We're going to continue talking with Dr. Sarah Fishman right after this on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. Stay with us. 
Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos, and keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter, all on thesexylifestyle.com. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Are you ready for your erotic journey? Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, the radio show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. Hi, everybody. Cheryl, your relationship coach, and I am your host here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and I am having a great conversation about the fantasy model of sex. What does that mean? Is fantasy good? Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And here to really help us demystify and look at our fantasies about our sex and about love and life is Dr. Sarah Fishman. Sorry, Sarah, I had a second there. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Um, So we were talking before the break a lot about children and where the, the fantasy model of sex really starts from for a lot of us. But here we are, adults, and everybody at home is wondering, okay, so what does that mean in reference to us? And where do our expectations come from? A lot of people, as I said earlier, the adults thought it came from movies and, and um, from the media. And I will say that when it comes to that, we were talking about boys a lot, but girls, and especially from a very young age, you know, we see movies like Cinderella and Snow White and everything is perfect and beautiful. And, and that's not necessarily reality for everybody. And where do we see the beauty? So let's talk about where these expectations come from and how do we deal with it? Right. Well, I think you mentioned it. I think the expectations come from media, from the novels that we read to our kids when they're young, from the movies that we expose them to. And, you know, I think the message, the model is really one model, you know, throughout all of this, throughout the movies, throughout the novels, throughout the messages. 
um, it's one model for boys and it's one model for girls. And it's one where, you know, it's less about their feelings and it's more about their performance. And it's more about this unrealistic idea of what happens when two people get together. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea, if you want to talk about this fantasy model of sex that Bernie Zilbergeld kind of coined a number of years ago in his book, um, New Male Sexuality, which is a phenomenal book and I would really, really recommend. Um, so he kind of talks about about 10 different myths that men and women have, you know, from ones such as um, sex is always spontaneous. Right. False. <laughs> Let, let's do this. Let, let's do it like a quiz right here. What do you say at home? Is, is that false? Because sex is not always spontaneous. Sex is definitely not always spontaneous. Good sex could be planned sex. Good sex is often planned sex. You know, especially if you're if you're a, a young couple and you have young children, you have to plan those moments. You have to plan those date nights and you have to plan date nights out and you have to plan date nights in the bedroom, working so, yeah, around their sleeping room. You say that because I just listened to this. Um, it was a letter that an author and a professor coined called the unpackaged box. I don't know if you heard about it, but it was. No, I didn't. Please share. Um, one parent's attempt in a long-term relationship with little kids to kind of rejuvenate their sex life a little bit. And what they did was they went online one night after a, you know, a very long day of a birthday party for one of their kids and they were exhausted and they had a couple of drinks and they went online and they found this like sex chair and they ordered it. And it came and they tried to figure out where to put it and what to do with it. And every step of the way, there was an obstacle, pitter-patter, in-laws came to visit. And it was hysterical in terms of their attempts. They were committed, but life got in the way. Parenthood got in the way. And a lot of it had to do with they had to plan. They had to plan when they were going to use this chair. You know, it's interesting because one of my one of the techniques that I use, and it's called the pact. And and for anybody, by the way, who doesn't know what the pact is, you can go to my YouTube station and look at One Woman Fearless, and you'll actually see me presenting part of my pact. And the P, because it's a it's an acronym, the P stands for plan. If you don't plan anything when it comes to life, it doesn't usually happen. So even when it comes to our sex life. Absolutely. We have to plan. And the A, by the way, is being accountable to it. So that means, especially in a couple, make each other accountable to your plan. Yeah, so follow that, through. Talk yeah, about it. Follow through. You know, um, for something to work, you have to work at it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the things that you work harder on are the things that you're going to reap the most rewards from. Right. Same goes for your career, same goes for your relationship. The more you invest yourself in it, same goes for parenting. The more you invest in it, the greater the rewards. And you heard it right from the psychologist's mouth. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> same goes for therapy. The more you invest yourself in it, the greater the rewards. Commitment is commitment, no matter how you want to spell it. There it you go. still is the big C. So let's go back to this. So, so what are the, some of the biggest challenges that people have when it comes to really trying to understand the the fantasy model and getting out of it the major myths that i think people have is there there, there's quite a few of them the major ones are that men are always ready you know men are always ready men are always willing men could go anytime anywhere and that puts an enormous amount of pressure on men right there's you know 
to always be ready to go. I mean, men have conditions for good sex, just like women have conditions for good sex. Men have times when they're in the mood, when they're not in the mood. Low libido does not just apply to women. It applies to men as well. And that's okay. And that's normal. What about parts of relationships? Well, what about two in a couple? What about if our listeners are saying to themselves, okay, but sometimes I make an advance to my partner and they say no, and then I feel rejected. So that's a really important point. And I think one, you've just touched on one of the myths that if we're going to have sex, both of us have to be actively interested. <laughs> and that's not true. One of you can be more interested and more in the mood than the other. And one of you can pleasure the other. It doesn't mean that they're not into it. It just means that perhaps they don't want to receive the pleasure right now, but they're perfectly happy to give and they should be happy to give and you should be happy to receive. So, so are you allowed to say, and I'm, I'm saying the word allowed and, and I, people who listen to me, they know I choose my words very carefully. Are we allowed to say no to our partner with, and hopefully not the partner feel rejected? First of all, you should always be allowed to say no, right? There is no context where you can't say no and be respected for it. Then you have to look at what's happening in the relationship where it's not a safe and trusting place for you to say no. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is how you say it. So you right. could say, you know, sweetheart, I'm, you know, I'm not so in the mood right now and I'm, I'm a little bit tired, but it would be great if, you know, I can pleasure you. Can we focus on you tonight? And the other person needs to be like, say, yeah, you know, I'm happy to receive. It's about how you feel you deserve to give and you deserve to receive. Because it right. doesn't always have to be necessarily, you know, a two-person act with simultaneous orgasms and simultaneous amount of times that you spend on each other. It could definitely be giving with a focus of giving on one night and a focus of receiving on the other night. You could definitely say no. The question is, you know, how you say it and why you're saying it. But you can always. A lot of the people that I've interviewed, and let's face it, over the last four years, it's thousands of people. And if you ask them, and a lot of people just bring up the, the comment that I will never say no to my mate if they are, are feeling that they want to be made love to or that they need to be made love to for whatever the reason, the, they were brought up, especially you know, people in their 50s and 60s will tell me that they were brought up by their mother, for instance, to say, never say no to your husband. Right. Always be ready to give to your right. husband. Someone Talk to me about that, that. So someone recently came in and said to me that they got the message that if all is good in the bedroom, all will be good outside the bedroom. And I, I had to like hold myself back, right? Like, <laughs> like it would be really nice if everything was good outside the bedroom and that kind of filters into the bedroom, but not the other way around necessarily, you know? And the idea really is, look, there's some beautiful element to that, that you really want to take care of your partner. You want to ensure that they feel loved. You want to ensure that they feel cared for. And therefore you are so committed to them feeling that way. You know, at the same time, not all touch needs to lead to sexual touch, right? We have lost the idea that intimacy can occur out of touch without a goal, right? And we've learned that if I'm going to touch somebody, it's with an end goal. 
of being sexual, if I'm going to allow somebody to touch me and cuddle and be, you know, emotionally connected in that physical way, it's going to lead to something. When truthfully, men and women both benefit from touch, physical touch, that doesn't always lead to sexual touch. What about the fantasy model of the fact that some women and some men think that the emotional part of it is much more important to women than it is to men. That men, it's the sex, it's the orgasm for women, it's the cuddling, it's the romantic part, it's the emotional connection and the spooning. Talk to me about that. The literature all shows right now that men are emotional beings as well. <laughs> and you know, if you go back to, I know I'm mentioning it again, Bernie Zilbergeld's book, New Male Sexuality, his entire first two chapters are all about the importance of men recognizing their emotions and how men are not these non-emotional beings, that they have emotions, they need to learn to express them, and that there is a rise in men recognizing this, you know, that not being aware and cognizant of one's emotions does not lead to healthy, stable, long-lasting, deep, connected relationships. So uh, what I want to kind of touch on is, for, for most of the listeners out there, is to also understand that men feel very secure and become more emotionally connected when they feel more secure. So you'll often see in a relationship that as the relationship blossoms, the men will reach out, they will cuddle more, they will spoon more, because it does sometimes take a little bit more for them to feel that security to be able to release to that. Now, normally in this section of the show, I do a little labor of love, and uh, we were so engrossed in this conversation, so um, I want to get it in there because I think it's important, and then we're going to get back to this conversation with uh, Dr. Fishman. So the the thing that I wanted to share with everybody today is um, a technique, and I call it body scanning. So one of the ways that in which you can utilize yourself is to find 15 to 20 minutes. And, and this is a great uh, technique for you to just go inside yourself. And it's not a meditation. This is really a body scanning. And I want you to sit in front of a mirror. And you can do this with your clothes on if you're more comfortable the first mm-hmm. time. But if you, can, if you can do it naked or in your bra and underwear, it would be even more beneficial. And sit in front of that mirror starting at your feet and start scanning your body and with each breath go up your body starting with your toes and your ankles and your calves and I really want you to not only see but I want you to connect to the emotional part of that and see what it resonates with you body scanning really gets you in touch with who you are and it's an eyes open heart open exercise I'm going to share more of that on my website, CherylBesner.com. Go there and you can see more about this technique. And stay with us because we're going to keep talking about the fantasy model of sex with Dr. Sarah Fishman right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. Stay with us. Sexy is back. And we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, 
guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Tune in to talk about sex and sexuality from a man's point of view. The Everything Sexy Show is direct, open, and uncensored discussions, ranging from open relationships to kink, sex parties, and self-love. Hosted by Jamal and Polly Rick, they'll answer your questions, discuss topics you're curious about, and provide a safe forum for perverted and provocative discussions you just won't get anywhere else. Check it out. It never hurts to listen. Everything Sexy, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. I'm Cheryl, and this is Pillow Talk with Cheryl. As always, we are really having a great conversation about life, love, lust. And today's real focus was about the fantasy model of sex. And joining me is Dr. Sarah Fishman. And we've been having a great conversation about all ages and stages of life and the challenges of these fantasies that are sometimes created in our childhood and then sometimes in our adulthood. Because, there are, Sarah, there are, there are many people who grow up whose parents are open and talk about sex and, and, and have no taboos. And know the right words of communication, because we're going to talk about communication now. They know how to communicate with their kids about sex. And then their children grow up and they still develop later on in life this fantasy about what sex should be, right? Well, because you don't always get all of your information from your parents, right? Right. Like you just said earlier, you know, it might start off, ideally it starts off that way and ideally it continues where you get a lot of your accurate information. But then media takes over in a way, right? Yeah. And that's where the myths are perpetuated. So, so let's talk a little bit about what perpetuates or how we could actually change the fantasy model between us and a partner or even us and ourselves. And it's what I was just talking about a second ago is communication. It's a very important aspect of a model that you're going to create with your Absolutely. partner. So, right. So I let's think, talk about that a bit. I think communication is the key to a healthy sexual relationship. You know, assuming um, that you can't mind read, we're going to assume that the average person is really not great at mind reading. Right. Right. Um, then if that's the case, then being open, being communicative about your sexual needs, your sexual desires, about what feels good, about preferences, about your feelings, about asking for changes, all those are really the key to 
sexual happiness to a healthy, happy sexual life is being able to talk with your partner about all of these things. Right. And I think people who, you know, people who have, um, who report having a happy, healthy sexual life will say that they are quite open with their partner and they can talk about these things, whether it's about dry spells that happen throughout parenthood, whether it's about changes in desire levels, whether it's about curiosities, whether it's about fantasies, whether it's about, um, you know, just different feelings that they have when it comes to sex, how they grew up, what messages they had versus what messages they feel they're getting now, what messages they feel their partner is giving them. All those are such crucial conversations and are so important to have with your partner. It's funny that you should talk about that and about the communication in the form of a dance as well, because today I'm later on, I always share intimate moments, like the real intimate pillow talk with my listeners and you guys know it's coming up in a few minutes. So today's is about the dance of life and love. And that's what the whole basis of, and, and it's one of the things that I talk about often is the dance of love and communication and how we listen to each other. And often it is just through our bodies. And, and even the love technique that I was sharing today, that labor of love was really about listening and tuning into our own bodies because our bodies do talk to us. Definitely. Right. They, they talk to us and our bodies can talk to our partner. We don't sometimes have to say anything to transmit to our partner and, and that's even more apparent in the bedroom. Definitely. Letting our bodies talk to each other and respond to each other. So how, how do you encourage your patients, for instance, if you have a couple coming to you, to really tune into that aspect? Well, I think you kind of, you know, you talked about it a little bit with your own technique earlier. It's about really knowing your own body and knowing what feels good for you. You know, oftentimes you'll hear women say, well, you know, when he touches me or when he doesn't touch me this way and they focus on what doesn't work or what doesn't feel good. And then when you ask them, well, what does feel good? Well, are you they don't even know. aware? They're not even aware. And I think part of the conversation starts with a woman knowing her own body. Truth. Right. Not only the anatomy of it, because you, you'd be surprised by how many women don't even know their own anatomy and, 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 and the names of, you know, their organs. Um, but it's also about knowing what feels good for you not only what not only being like receptive to the touch but are you aware of what touch feels good for you so it's less about what he or she is doing to you and more about what feels good for you and 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 that's something that's really important and even the technique that i was sharing today so by the way everybody remember you can find all these labor of love techniques on my website and you can also you know tune into them through this show and listen to them again. I do spell them out in more detail every week and I share them with you. This can also be a technique you use with your partner. You know, sit and admire each other. Sit face to face and admire each other's beauty and and really embrace every part of who you are and and the inside and the outside and attach to those emotions. So my, my last question would be, do you think that women or men and it might be equal, but I want your, your expert opinion. Do you think men or women have, a, uh, what's the word, a greater sense of false expectation and fantasy when it comes to their romantic side? And I'm going to say romance because it, it's not just sex. It's, it's everything tied to it. I think they have a bit of 
different expectations. I'm not sure that one has more than the other. I think that, you know, women have a lot of expectations that men should just know what they want, you know, and if they don't, then what's going on, you know, Um, and more expectations about, you know, the connection. They probably have expectation about sex and intimacy and love and feelings. Um, whereas men have a lot more expectations when it comes to performance. You know? and, and they put a lot of that pressure onto themselves. And, so, and we often put it on them. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sarah Fishman. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about your expertise and seek help if they would like to? Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for having me on. It took a couple of juggling of dates to finally do this. Yeah, so we did it. That we did. <laughs> we stuck to it. It's been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank so you. Much. Oh, it's really been so such a pleasure being here. And then, in terms of finding me, I have a website: www.drdrsarahfishman.com. You can get in touch with me through that website. There's. Um, a lot of useful information about what therapy is like, what sex therapy is like, kind of, you know, breaking down stereotypes about what it would be like to speak to somebody who's a sex therapist. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. I have a LinkedIn profile as well. And if and you all heard how well she speaks and how comfortable you can be with her. So thank you. Thank, thank you very, sure. very much. Happy day. And now I want to just share a couple things that um, came up on Facebook this week because I did throw it out there to ask you what you think people fight about the most. And we were talking about this at the beginning of the show, and I want to give you some of your answers. So right off the board, everybody basically said, number one thing couples fight about is money. And I'm not saying like 90% of you said that. I'm saying like 99.9% of you said that. Um, a few people added on, but I want to share a couple. Dan, Dan T actually said, adapting each other's emotions. So you know your partner before you get engaged. Both must think positive and how to manage stress. Dan, uh, this is Dan L said, fear. The tighter the budget, the greater the fear. And our perception is that our partner's perceived carelessness with money threatens our survival. And he said, but if you're going to try to be on the same page, then what it is a couple is supposed to agree on. And he went on to list. Miriam said, it's how you are brought up. Money has different values to different people. If you share it, like in a marriage, your values need to be similar. Not always the case. And Marilyn said, second runner up, division of labor, as my psychotherapy practice shows. And Gail said, different parenting methods and money. So parents seem to be a big one. The little intimate moment that I want to share with you today, and again, you can hear more of this on my website, and also we're going to be featuring these every week on Mondays in the new year. Dance, baby dance. My heart is dancing to the music of my making. I can feel the thumb of each beat of the bass. The melody lulls me into another part of my being. The dance floor of my life is calling. Music fills my soul, beckoning me to the dance floor of my life. The inner child in me rises, releasing to the moment of surrender without any inhibitions my adult life has created. I will dance like there is no tomorrow and no one is watching. Sometimes the rhythm is slow and gentle, slowly swaying me into a romantic rumba, sensual flowing with the heat of passion. And other moments I am driving Jiving to the swag, a swing, feeling playful, joyous, energized by its lively pulse. We are connected through music, through the dance. I will listen to the music. Dance forever. 
and always feel the beat of the universe within. So if you want to hear more of that intimate moment, follow me on Facebook. You know it's going to be there for you. And also, don't forget, it's on Instagram. And every week I'm sharing with you different techniques, different little metaphors of life, and different things that you can use. Don't forget also to use the labor of love technique that I shared with you today. And stay right to the end of the show because the Sexy Lifestyle Network has a special promo contest for you to enter. You don't want to miss it. Again, love being with you and can't wait till we meet again and have these intimate moments about love and life and lust and in the following eight don't forget to keep it simple and stimulating because we all know it's all about that kiss see you next week here on pillow talk with cheryl hey sexy people if you're ready to start your sexual evolution we've got some amazing prizes to give away some of the great prizes include womanizer the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at thesexylifestyle.com with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. Thanks for being here. Pillow Talk with Cheryl Basner will be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You'll want to make sure you're back for more great Pillow Talk. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. 
Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.